Hello and welcome to In Search of Tracks podcast. This is our November mailbag episode. I'm Pete. I'm Bob. Mailbag November. November <laughs> rain. What's up? Mailbag November. I don't know that we're going to have a mailbag December because December is kind of crazy, man. You know? It's a crazy month. It's a crazy month. Yo, you know, it's a weird thing and it's like a non political thing to me. So some years ago, I worked a like a, a straight job, you know, like normal human office, et cetera. I know you've been there as well. People don't do that anymore, apparently. No, I guess not. But it was like a job where where the conversation of like, should our company greeting like our holiday cards say Merry Christmas? Should they say Happy Holidays? This is also in the pre-Trump America, so it was like a little more innocuous and innocent, but then at the same time, like, became a weird charge conversation. I just remember it being like, yo, really? We're in, we're having conversation. Like, there were meetings about it. Like, meetings. Company oh, yeah. time spent on it. And, um, and so... Uh, I, I defaulted like, yo, look, like, do we, we don't, we're not trying to make a political statement here one way or the other, right? Like, I don't know. Can we say Feliz Navidad? I don't know. I don't believe in nothing. So whatever, what, who cares? Um, can we just draw a picture of a present and say, here you go? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. A lot but, of those conversations are happening in corporate boardrooms nowadays too. So it's weird, man. So anyways, um, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, um, happy Hanukkah, happy anything you do in in December, like happy birthday to me, my birthday's in December. Hey, me too. Yeah, happy birthday to. I forgot to, you're you're close, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. We, I think we're in like a day tracks, apart. Uh, December first. What's yours? Oh, I'm the 18th. Oh, so uh, 17 days apart. It's fine. It's not that far. Anyways, um, major major enjoyment of December. It's a busy month. We'll see. Maybe we'll mailbag. Maybe we won't. If you guys enjoy these, let us know. Uh, we've gotten lots of tons of fe- positive feedback on that, so that's cool. Um, maybe we'll just Santa bag. Oh, yo, gift bag. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> well, there's a lot of kind of bags. We'll try to make it one of the good ones. Um, yo, let's let's get into it. What we got? So we put some questions out on social. We got a lot of feedback, as always. Um, so we're just going to kind of go through some questions we get, we had. And uh, talk through some of this stuff because we appreciate you guys hitting us up on social, which if you don't follow us on Instagram and Facebook, or sorry, Instagram and Twitter, hit us up at TraxPod. Mm. And always, always, always feel free to write us emails, um, TraxPod at gmail.com. It we feels so much those. more personal. There was a time when people were like emails. They're just so impersonal. Yo, emails, that's like giving someone a hug at this point in life. We love the emails. And I'm sorry yeah, if we're um, not super quick to respond, but we love them. And as you'll sure. see today, we always get to them. So well, let's get it. Um, where do you want to start? So we put some questions out on uh, on our Instagram asking about people's favorite Thanksgiving music and Christmas music. Um, I asked you a question, Bob, when we were coming up with our Thanksgiving episode for next week, which I don't know if we should tell the people what we're doing or not. No, let's keep it under wraps, but I had a pretty definitive answer. Yeah, you did. Um, and it seems like it was echoed here because because uh, I was going to say we, it may or may not have been referenced. Still ill hit us with the they have Thanksgiving music 
Oh, oh yes. And we, then had, we had someone, a f- yeah. so, Ty, you, you nailed it. Um, we won't say it aloud, but, uh, but that was my answer to the question. So, yeah. Um, yep. So you understood the assignment. <laughs> but yeah, we had a ton of people hit us up and be like, Thanksgiving music, which was my thought. Um, but then we had a few people hit us. Um, one guy, one, one person, Flat Soda said, um, Thanksgiving always reminds me of slower jams, Marvin Gaye or Curtis Mayfield. Which is I'm cool. I can feel that. that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, True it's... Oyster Cult said local hardcore, um, like <laughs> like local local hardcore. So like like it's kind of a homecoming nostalgia vibe. Well, yo, so that's that's the one thing is that um, you know a lot of people uh, come home for for Thanksgiving and sometimes people get together or there's shows or what have you. So um, I can see that. Uh, I really hope you don't put on, you know, the 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 demo 2004 from some band um, while you're cutting into the turkey. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I get it. I, I, I understand it. Yeah. A lot of big hardcore shows. I actually, I, I like that one a lot because when I was living out of state, I, I remember coming back and I was, I would always hope that there was a hardcore show or something that I could go to. Um, but at the same time, yeah, to your point, Bob. I was never really listening to floor punch, like carving up the turkey, you know. So, <laughs> yo, uh, bless you if you do, though. I'm yeah. with you. Um, <laughs> I, I think I'm a lot more in the Marvin Gaye, Curtis Mayfield, like. So, so I will, you know, just kind of detour. Thanksgiving to me is the first time when you can start doing the festive music time frame. Like, yep. you want to throw on some, some, you know, Christmas music. Uh, as the the Thanksgiving stuff is starting to wind down, and I don't mean like you know like here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, but like the jazzier, the instrumental stuff, throw that stuff on. I'm with it. It's classy, like a classy Christmas vibe. You can put that on at Thanksgiving starting. Yeah, it's nice. And and Curtis Mayfield or, or Marvin Gaye, kind of more more uh, just just you know that more soulful slow stuff you can really get in the mood you want warm high on the uh the heart music for for thanksgiving as you it is the it is the opening of the holiday season in my opinion absolutely i've I, i was going down a death metal rabbit hole recently and then all of a sudden something switched in the last week or so where I'm like, now is not the time. Save this for like deep February, you know? Yeah, yo, I think, I think so that we should do the musical seasons. Um, let's, let's put that on our long-term podcast ideas, the musical seasons, because we did identify <laughs> like the, I think we've talked a little bit about summertime music and, yep. you know, then entering the fall. I think you've mentioned like, it's a good time for your, your October listening is, is pretty distinct. I think you're right on like after Christmas and holiday music and what have you at large, maybe it's on like January 5th, you enter um, death metal season. You know? <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I, I think that so we'll work out the whole seasonality of music. For um, sure. Shout out to Evro, John Denver. Thank God I'm a country boy. I feel like Thanksgiving is pretty appropriate for like some, some of that light fare of John Denver or like, you know, um, oh, who's my dude? Smokes weed at the White House. Uh, Willie oh, Nelson. Willie Nelson. Yeah, yeah, you can do some Willie Nelson. That's fine. Absolutely. Um, Christian Slater hit us up too and said the National or the Shins are great at this time of year. I could see that. Oh, okay. 
I like I that suggestion. That. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know the national, honestly. I, I don't know a national song if you played it for me, but um, the Shins definitely like early 2000s indie vibe. I could, yep. I could see that. Yeah, I actually, there's one Shins record that I think's pretty good. Um, and I haven't sat with in a very long time. Um, First couple Shins are pretty good. They were never my favorite. They never hit me the way that they hit other people, but like, no. I'll, I'll listen to them. Yeah, yeah, it's Oh, Inverted World is the one I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah, it's good. Um, and and the national actually i'm i'm not a national fan but friends of mine swear by them and i think you might be able to get down with them so maybe i, w- I want to keep- listen to them i mean yeah. i just i feel like i might be missing something i'm not sure you keep that loosely in the uh, back pocket as well so cool. we have music seasonality maybe a shins record and maybe a national record for future episodes sick all right so real quick favorite christmas music we had a lot of people hit us um Alex Eiffel said Casey Musgraves, both Christmas albums. Why does she have two Christmas albums? What? She does? Uh, Man. Apparently she does. Is Casey Musgraves like, like, um, boneless Lana Del Rey? Am I wrong about that? (laughs) Boneless. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, maybe probably. You know what I mean? Like she's the, uh, she's the like (laughs) no bone chicken wing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. She's like a chicken finger when somebody's trying to go get barbecue wings. You know, it's like, oh, okay. Like, I mean, that same, but not really. That last Casey Musgraves record, not the, not the most recent one, but the one that like, I think it won a Grammy. It was like a big hit a few years ago. Like everyone was all over it. I get it. It sounded like it sounded like Beck sea change to me, which I actually like. So it's like kind of this melancholy acoustic vibe. Okay. Like I got right. the, I, I got why people liked it. I didn't love it myself, but I like I got the appeal. But man, that recent record she did was fucking garbage. And like <laughs> I like, but not a single person is even talking about it. So yeah. Yeah. And I I ride for Lana. I would do a Lana episode any day. Yeah. Um, um I want there's my favorite Lana Del Rey song is an unreleased song that uh, you can't even find the like a you can't find a real version of it anywhere now. Oh wow! Yeah, I'll find it and send it to you. Like send you the name of it, but it's it's like a cool song that basically only exists in like weird internet fragment form. And there's people who do YouTube versions of it that are like, oh, to listen to this properly, you have to like on the screen. It's like. This is at one third speed, so speed up the thing manually so you can listen to this song. And you're like, all of a sudden, you're like, wait, I'm not that invested to do. Yeah, this that work. sounds like way too much work. labor. Let's yeah. get out of here. All right, um, what's up? What else? You you read you run down the Christmas music. I'm gonna yeah, react. So, I'm gonna so react. Our, so our dude Matt Molnar hit us and said Kenny Rogers, the Pretty Paper LP. Are you familiar with any Kenny Rogers? I got nothing, dude. Me neither, but Matt's a Matt's a, a head and a friend. Yeah, so. no, I'm gonna I'm gonna take his word for it. I'm gonna put okay. that on my playlist. Okay. Um, Flat Soda hit us up and said, "Mariah, come on, man. Anything else is low key bad." Whoa, hot take <laughs> with that low key bad. Uh, I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, classic like, Christmas. I mean, I think she's sold more albums than anyone for the Christmas album, right? Has she? That's, she that's like that's like number one Christmas album, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Do we need to get more into Mariah Carey on this podcast? <laughs> I don't know okay. if we do. I, I'm I'm good on that. Although maybe maybe we'll talk about her for Christmas. I don't know. We'll we'll yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. Okay, wait and see. Wait and see. Scott Wagner said Charlie Brown Christmas soundtrack. Yeah, that's that's that. He, Classic. He's, he's he's hitting it right there. Classic. Charlie Brown, perfect for sure. Uh, and, and by the way, Charlie Brown, good Thanksgiving music too. 
Yeah. 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 Thanksgiving, yeah. Charlie Brown. Get on that. Absolutely. Vince Guaraldi trio. Let's go. Let's go. I got that shit. Um, Ty Watson says, Dylan's Here Comes Santa actually slaps. Uh, we have to find out about that, huh? Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Okay. All right. All right. Um, Liam Rules said, Here we go, a wassailing. Do you know what that means? Not really. I don't either. It, True maybe Oyster- it's a cool song. Okay. <laughs> maybe it is. True Oyster Cult said, Pogues, Waterboys, Replacements, and Blondie. Just in general. Okay. Um, Do you think of any of those bands as being like holiday Christmas bands? So to me, no, but, but if I pull out 10,000 feet, I could see it with the Pogues. Sure. Uh, not familiar with Waterboys. Curious about that, especially in this placement here. Um, replacements could see it kind of, kind of, there can be some festive elements there, you know? Um, Blondie, my favorite of these bands, but um, yeah, they have Blondie has that one Christmas song, you know. You're taking Blondie over replacements. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, pretty easily too. Interesting fan. Um, what what else we got for the Christmas albums that people are suggesting? Two more. Uh, what we want is free. Hit us up and said the Ventures Christmas album. Oh, interesting. Unfamiliar. Unfamiliar, but I bet it's good. Okay. Um, and then Christian Slader hit us up and said, highly recommend both of Sufjan Stevens' Christmas box sets. Wow. Okay. I knew that he had multiple Christmas box sets. Him and Casey Musgraves should get together, apparently. Yeah, apparently. I think, I, I don't know who I appreciate more, Casey Musgraves or Sufjan Stevens. Are you uh, familiar with, with Sufjan Stevens? No. Are you? Yeah, me neither. All right. We might need to put it on our list. All right. I mean, it's just one of those big names I know nothing about. I know. We'll get to it. So we had a few questions come in through Instagram. We'll just run through those real quick. Let's do it. Um, favorite Britpop. So what are we counting as Britpop in this question? 90s, th- 80s, everything? Like I'm thinking 90s. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was actually, that was on my mind too, because the Stone Roses would like definitively be mine. Yeah. But is that like, Proto Britpop? No, probably. that counts. I think Stone Roses think? count. Yeah, I think All I right. think that's a good answer. I mean, it's Oasis, Stone Roses to me, uh, pretty easily. Like, what are other big ones? There's a bunch of smaller stuff that people throw in there, but to me, I um, mean, for the record, I'm like, I love, love, love this era. So like, yeah. I love Pulp. I love okay. Suede. I love yep. Lush. Um, mm-hmm. Oasis, obviously. Yeah. Um, I mean that all that stuff is great, but then like, do teenage uh, uh, teenage fan club count? Like, right. like you that's, know, that's I mean, a lot of a lot deep, of this, right. a lot of that stuff. It's like it's popular stuff, but it's like, does that count as Britpop just right. because it got big off of that wave? I don't know. Yeah, so. you know, I mean, if somebody wanted to make the argument, you'll I'd hear it for sure, you know. And I think any of the stuff from the '80s, you you take in a different. It's a different space. I think when whoever asked this question was kind of putting in like in this register. So that's fine. Um, I mean, I'll last thing I'll say though, just, um, I, uh, I'm actually going to Europe in 2022 yeah, to see suede. I love it because they are the one band that's on my wife and I's bucket list bands that we've never seen. So it doesn't seem like they'll ever come to the United States. Cause I've been waiting for 20 years. <laughs> so we're just going to go over there. So I'll report nice. back on that on the pod. Right. Love it. 
hear it. Um, Evro asked us favorite Thanksgiving movies. <sighs> um, man, favorite Thanksgiving movies. I got a few. Okay, throw them at me. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Yep. Um, good movie. Son-in-law. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, and then I have one that may be controversial. I don't know. I know people have a lot of feelings about Woody Allen. Um, I'm one of those people that can very easily separate the art from the artist. Yep. Um, I love the movie Hannah and her sisters. Oh, okay. And that's a that's a Thanksgiving movie. All right. All right. Um, yeah, man. I'm uh, Charlie uh, Brown Thanksgiving. Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. That's that's yeah, my answer. That works. I'm seeing these. I'm. Uh, should we we should do a special episode where we have to watch the 2020 movie Friendsgiving starring uh Kat Jennings <laughs> and a few others that looks uh it is on Netflix. All right, I'm watching Friendsgiving on Netflix. Uh whoever wants to join me, please do and we'll we'll have like a little maybe we'll start a private like uh Discord chat to talk about that. Sick. The Friendsgiving chat. Um Cthulhu's Vinyl asked us when is the load episode? <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to do it. I'm down to do that. Fuck yeah, let's go. Let's fucking go. I'll put that on the list. A three star or better rating coming give your it, way. Give us until like uh, February. We'll we'll get it. Yeah, here's your crown king. Nothing. <laughs> um, and then what we want is free. Ask us least Thanksgiving least, least favorite. favorite Thanksgiving food. Okay, I have um, some really. I might have some controversial. I I have one that might be controversial. The others are probably pretty standard. So st- let's go back and forth. You start. I mean, least favorite. Yeah. Dude, I'm not gonna lie. Like basically any vegetable. Oh yeah. Because same. here's the thing. Like I eat vegetables a lot. I'm like a salad guy. Yeah, I, yeah. I try to eat pretty healthy. Yep. Thanksgiving, I'm like not about the vegetables. But yo, you forget potatoes are a vegetable. Are you throwing out the mashed potatoes? Are you trying to? No, that, yeah, that's true. I don't. I, I'm I'm thinking greens. Sorry, yeah, you're, you're 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 separating starches and greens. I get it. Yeah. Um. Okay, so you're saying any vegetable. I am saying keep your weird shit away from me so like and and i'll start with these i'll go back and i can do this for a while uh that sweet potato dish where people put marshmallow stuff in there yeah get fuck that, that the hell out of here no way <laughs> all right you're you're up <laughs> no i'm with you on that okay. i mean but that's really it i mean um okay uh the green beans with the like white sauce mushroom sauce or whatever like green bean casserole i think they call it you better, you better be really good at making that or get it off my table. <laughs> um, I think you feel much stronger yes, about this I than do. I do. There, there, it, and if you're going to do that, you better have those like really good like onion straws kind of like fried oh, or something are, on there. Those are good. Those, those fried mushroom things can really save just about any dish, but still green bean casserole, tough sell to me. All right, you got any others you want to mention? Because I can keep going. No, just that I'm 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 definitely a um, cranberry sauce. Like I want the jelly. I don't yeah, want the cranberries the in there. Yeah, yeah, I want it out of the can. Yeah, I, I'm a can guy. Um, you can make a fancy one, but you need to still have the can. Yeah, you got you got to have you both. Give both. Um, I'm pretty I, I'm I'm pretty open to some weird stuff. I used to eat the brown bread, which would come out of a can. I'm down with that. Um, I'm down with your weird f- new fangled like popovers. Um, P 
Pete, I really should just do a food podcast. It's I like think you what should. I, yeah. What uh, here comes the 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 pearl clutching comment. Stuffing overrated and usually bad. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I I don't think it's overrated I I if it's away good. From the microphone to just let people shout away. Yeah, no, people are going to be mad at you for that. I think you're, you might, people get canceled for a lot of things nowadays. I think that might be, this might be your moment, but. Um, well, yo, you bet, again, this is, it's green bean casserole category. You better, you can get away with a lot of things on the turkey. It can be dry. It could be, you know, maybe a little underdone. You know, there's a lot of things. Turkey's turkey. I'm, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll deal yeah. with it. Mashed potatoes, eight different, 800 different ways to make them. And I'll probably enjoy them, especially if there's a good amount of butter on there. Um, sweet potato same deal as long as you keep the mushroom the the marshmallows away i like the veggies i'm pretty good i have bread you you get some bread on the table too i want some fresh rolls people um (laughs) but the stuffing better be good too wet terrible too dry Mm, people don't want it like yo soggy soggy stuffing yuck some yeah. people like that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, but good stuffing is is the best. Yeah. Uh, that's like, yeah. Like, also, it's really cool when you go to the zoo and see an animal that winks at you. How often does that happen? <laughs> God, wow. You you have not had any good stuffing in your life, have you? I have. I have. But it's rare. It's so and, st- and my significant other is very good at making stuffing. Okay. It's very, it's, she's, she's good, but I will have like a a small child size serving fair enough yeah all right um i think we should i think we should give these these emails are actually awesome so we should we should give them full full read yeah do you want to go in on the first one i think we start with um an email from friend of the podcast, Dave Ackerman. We also have another friend of the podcast, Dave Martin, who sent us some good emails. But I think we start with Dave Axe because he leads really well into Mr. Martin's. Yeah. Uh, so Dave Ackerman says, Hi, guys. I really started being fully into punk in 1993. I saw Fugazi in 1994. Saw them again in 97. And it was all lacrosse hats and bros and really never looked back. I've probably played Fugazi on purpose less than 10 times since. Honestly, beyond 1981 DC, I was never huge into it. Uh, honestly, beyond 1981, I was never huge into DC. So I think DC hardcore and stuff. Yeah. Full disclosure, I never owned the Void Faith record other than MP3s. I had Skewballed and Egg Hunt in 1995 and didn't know Embrace existed until 2000. I listened to Embrace for the first time in December 2019. I was Christmas shopping. I've never heard Rites of Spring, Nation of Ulysses, or Beefeater. I think DC basically growing out of punk as a scene rubbed me the wrong way at 14 and honestly still does at 42. (laughs) Shrug emoji, Dave. Great email. Great email. What say you, Pete? I mean, I'm, I'm, I, 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 I can't say I completely relate to what he says because I, I actually, I like Fugazi, although I don't revisit them very often at all. Um, but if you listen to the rights of spring episode, you'll know that I like kind of miss them at the time somewhat and still like, don't feel like it's necessarily for me. Um, I, I like embrace, I'll say, 
definitively that I like Embrace more than I like Rites of Spring, although I haven't revisited them in a while. I've also never heard Nation of Ulysses or Beefeater. Um, DC growing out of punk doesn't rub me the wrong way. I, I think in the way that it rubs Dave in the wrong way, but I can, I can see it. Um, I guess, I mean, there is like a level of pretentiousness to that movement there that happened, but I don't, I guess I just don't like take it all that seriously because I, I realize it was kids like in their early twenties, you know, who were just kind of discovering new things and finding themselves. And mm. that to me is always like a little messy. Yeah. So I think that's true. I, I think, I think the story of DC is kind of interesting and there's a lot to be said on it. And we get to it with our next email from Dave Martin. Do you want to read that? Or would you like me to read? Yeah, it? sure. Um, so this is a long one. Um, so let's read the, the first part, which is on uh, Red Spring, I think. Is there anything I should exempt? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I'll just read it. Let me just read it. Sure. Yeah, um, first, as far as I can remember, the Rites of Spring LP was not posthumous, but as you mentioned, they barely played outside of DC. I think they technically broke up between the LP and the 7-inch with broke up as code for some of them attending college. Not 100% on that, but I think it was the case. Um. Emo Ground Zero is actually Government Issue's Joyride, according to John Stab from Government Issue, as he told me that those songs were all written by Mike Fellows. That's kind of interesting. Overall, your take on Government Issue is kind of lacking. Teenager in a Box is an all-time classic. Had it been on Boycott Stab, Boycott Stab, that record probably would have been considered a classic. and is still great, and the expanded Discord reissue is essential. Although the version of Teenager on there isn't as great as the Make an Effort version, Joyride is the their first perfect LP, and everything after is crucial to me. But night might not sound as compelling to someone who didn't live through it. I didn't see them live until the last lineup of Stab, Tom Lyle, Jay Robbins, Pete Moffat, but I saw them a lot. They played a great mix of old and new stuff and killed it every time I saw them. Back to Rites of Spring. I mail-ordered the LP for some reason. Um, it was immediately captivated with the entire vibe. I always find it funny when punks dismiss it as emo, as a lot of record rage, as a lot of the record rages so hard, so much so that I don't find anything negative about emo core until much later. Uh, I think I understand Pete's take, even if I don't agree with it. But at the same time, I've taken the same stance with a lot of bands' records over the years when I realize that it will mean a lot more to someone other than me. True. My only other point would be that I guess I could have used your take on the seven inch tracks. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't lit down at the time. Still, I listened to them. Uh, still, I listened to them so much in the hopes that it would click, and it basically worked. <laughs> Those yeah. songs are steered into my brain. Definitely a different trip than the LP. I actually really agree with him about the seven inch tracks. Um, I had a, I believe the seven inch was the first right spring material I heard, and um, I didn't oh, love wow. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't love it at first, and then I uh, I've listened to it a lot, and I, I do like it quite a bit now, but. Um, I don't know that it's better. Uh, I will also say this. For me, with Rites of Spring, I think the One Last Wish record, which came out very posthumously, um, I think that's really good. I think that's really good. And it's more tuneful than Rites of Spring and maybe is catchier at points, but less energetic also, which means that I think someone who... Someone who is full on into Rites of Spring might think One Last Wish is lacking in the same way that if somebody is looking for something else from looking for more 
from Rides of Spring in the direction they were heading might prefer One Last Wish. So I like it both. Um, Government Issue never struck a chord with me. Um, Make an Effort EP is very good. And, and I always forget that it's very good. But I don't go back to it the way I go back to the other early DC 7 inches, which, by the way, other than Minor Threat, I find myself going back to the Youth Brigade EP by far the most. Interesting. Even though there was a time where I really liked the SOA 7 inch, I think it's great. Um, the the EP I go back to most in DC is Youth Brigade Possible EP. I think it's great. Wow. And Government Issue, to be honest, like on hearing them, like I'm going to go back and listen, especially the Joyride record, um, both on an academic and, you know, hoping to find something I haven't heard before. It never clicked the way I've wanted it to. Yeah. I'm way overdue for a listen on a lot of those Discord 7 inches and a lot of that Discord stuff of the time. I mean, Government Issue, it's weird where Government Issue are one of those bands that like, I feel like cosmically in the last couple months, they keep coming back to me. Like I keep hearing references to them and of them. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like I owe them a re-listen. And then Dave Martin also mentioned, I think at a different point in the email, Gray Matter, who I've just never oh, heard. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I feel like I have to listen to that stuff. But I feel I feel what he's saying about the 7-inch. I remember revisiting the Rights of Spring 7-inch at the time and uh, just didn't hit me. But I guess he went back and kind of burnt yeah, it into his brain. In. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I did not feel that strongly about it. So I never no, did. I think, it's, I think actually, the, um, so with Rights of Spring, obviously you can hear it all. And you can also check out the six-song demo, which I think is worth worth the time as well. So okay. um, it's, it's, it's all worthwhile in my opinion. But if it's not, like, like Mr. Ackerman got at, it, it could not be. Um, I think there's this really interesting conversation to be had about DC basically from 1983 to 1986 um, and specifically 1984. So the 1984 is a big year in DC because the scene shifted in an unexpected way. I think the influences on some of the people making music there changed. I think some of the factors that hit these things normally such as age such as seeing things differently as you are the difference between being 23 and being 18 all started coming into play and uh yeah i i think it's a really interesting time i also can see how someone being there for government issue might have a much more significant um relationship and appreciation than either of us would you say that's true yeah yeah definitely um Last thing, you mind if we get into it? Let's go. So last thing, Dave Martin actually wrote us another email on the Melvins. And, you know, Dave, you write great emails. I'm just going to take a piece of this one. Yes. Um, yes. The part that I thought was most interesting, he said, I actually think you downplayed or didn't address enough the importance of the band and their place in history, as well as their influence in the drama surrounding the band, starting with their deception of Matt Lucan that they were breaking up, and then Matt Buzz and Dale moved to SF to restart the band without him. I feel like that's the thing you just do in your 20s. But um, <laughs> And he's, he, said, I also, he said, I also feel the band, uh, sorry, I also feel that the bass player thing could have been expanded a bit. Lori Temple Black, daughter of Shirley Temple. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, which, yeah, I completely forgot about that. He said, I have a funny Mark, 
uh, Deuteronomy story, um, but maybe too much to type. And probably something he wouldn't want us to share. So yeah, true. Um, but every other bass player has uh, been a somewhat notable person from a contemporary band. Um, cows, of cows, Butthole Surfers, Red Cross. Um, this is interesting. He said a, a topic that you briefly touched on. Uh, with the mention of the Stern interview, and one that I find fascinating and applicable to most bands I like, is that the is that of the middle class musician. Because of most people's skewed view of celebrity and art, the only frame of reference for most of them is super famous rock rock star or starving artist slash musician. It is very hard to get folks to grasp the concept of making a middle class income from being in a band. And I thought that was such a good point, like the middle yeah. class musician. You know, because that is the reality most of the time. Um, unless you're seeing a band that's like selling out the garden, it's chances are they're not making. I'm sure they're surviving just fine, but like they're not making as much money as you would expect. You know, um, music isn't necessarily the, the the best place to make a buck nowadays. No, no, and I think it's just a well said because it's. I think he's pointing at something I think is so important is the idea of art and making art um, conceptually as a (sighs) so looking at it as something you want to do as a craft and want to do as you're living is different than the idea of I want to be a rock star right and that's sort of a different and for a large swath of people that's hard to conceptualize right it's like if you're an, a traveling musician and you have a nice apartment in a mid-sized city and um you know you pay all your bills and you you travel you tour you know uh let's say two-thirds of the year or half the year um and maybe you have some paltry job and they you know maybe you paint houses in the summer or you don't you, you're just are fine on what you make when you're on the road but not everyone in your town knows you're a musician and not everyone in your state knows you who you are um some people look at that person and say oh failure right like that person is failing at what they want to do right but in reality if you look at it differently go wait a second that person's making music for a living and that's what they want to do and I say that making music as, as saying a creator, but like, yo, for the for the gun for our guitar player, more power to him. Pete, if I told you you could make 85% of what you make doing your current job as a gun for hire drummer. Yeah. You, you would consider it. it, right? Yeah, right? Like I, I might do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's there's other considerations that come in, you know, you gotta sing yeah, another, ba ba ba. But like Ten years ago, you would have been like, hell fucking yeah, I will do that, right? Like, 